Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. Nancy Addison, your host, and this show is dedicated to sharing information that will inspire and inform a more conscious life that creates a healthier lifestyle. And this program takes a holistic approach to health and wellness, which means we look at all the areas of our life and how they are connected. And I always start off my show with a prayer, so I'd love for you to join me. And I just wanted to say that I love Greg Braden. He was a scientist with the U.S. Armed Forces for a long time, but now he's one of the most brilliant spiritual leaders around the world. And on his Greg Braden official YouTube site, he has a new discovery that he has. It's called The Recent Discovery is So Powerful It Defies to Belief. And what he has found is that he looked at some sacred tests called the Safer Zera. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, it's pretty close. But he looked at all the strands of our DNA have a, a letter connected to it. And what he did was he went in and looked at these letters. And every letter in every language in the world is also associated with a number. And what he did was he took all of these strands of DNA, he took the letters, transformed them into numbers, and then he he, uh, replaced them with the periodic table. And what he found is that every single strand of our DNA in humans literally has imprinted in it, it says, God eternal within the body. So we are sacred beings, and we need to treat our bodies as if they are sacred, and also we need to focus on our spiritual side of our life. So as as we pray today, I just ask our divine creator to please bless everyone listening now and in the future, and bless our families and our friends and all the good people in the world who are fighting to protect us from the evil that is here. And we just ask for you, our divine creator, to send an army of angels to help surround us and protect us and deliver us from this evil. And please bind this evil and remove it so it can harm no one ever again. And I'm just going to finish this little prayer with a saying that is from Dee Wallace, who's going to be on my show in a week or so. And Dee Wallace has a beautiful newsletter she sends out every day. And in it, she has a statement that you can say. And I'm just going to read that statement as part of this prayer. I am creating love, integrity, truthfulness, dignity, power, and divine love through all dimensions. I command all energy to divine itself as these attributes. 
And I asked for this in the highest good of all concerned. And I thank you. And so it is. And so today I have a really great person on the show today that I'm just thrilled to share with you. And his name is Robert Kintai. And he has such an incredible story about his life's journey and the things that he does. And he is one of the most inspirational people I probably have ever met. And I just want to welcome Robert Kintai to the show. And he is Truth Mastery Global. (laughs) Hi, Robert. Welcome to the show today. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here and I'm excited to be here and, uh, you know, I love the opportunity to you not only speak with you, but also with your listeners. So, you know, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Oh, thank you for joining us. Robert, you have one of the, the most amazing life journey stories. And we had a really long talk the other day and Robert shared uh, so many things with me. And he and I met because we're in a business networking group together and I was just blessed to have someone introduce me to him. And can you tell our listeners from around the world, I have over 57,000 in over 58 countries, so we're speaking globally, but can you share with the people uh, just a little bit about yourself and how you became, got to where you are? And sure. I know that's a big, uh, yeah. big thing, but just. <laughs> I, I'll try and clip out some and then kind of give them an idea. You know, people often ask me, you know, how I got started and, and kind of how I've gotten to where I am today. And, you know, the, the simple truth is, you know, I may do a lot of extraordinary things, but I'm really, I'm just an ordinary guy who tries to do extraordinary things. I'm not necessarily an extraordinary guy. Um, I grew up, you know, with a single mother. Stepfather came along later, you know. Uh, we weren't particularly rich. And as a child, I had a lot of thoughts. And somehow at a very young age, I held on to those thoughts. I started asking questions, and I, and I dug for those, those answers instead of just saying, well, it is what it is. I just refused to feel like that. Um, I've been blessed with a family that has put God in my heart and, has, you know, has shown me you know, how to live a, a Christian life. And, you know, I've, I've also made a lot of mistakes and, and learned a lot of great things. So when you kind of combine all those things with a, just a, an awesome mother and, and a great family and, you know, just the adventures God's taken me on, you know, it's really, it's benefited me and, and those that I help in, in many, many ways. Well, you had quite a challenging childhood. And I think a lot of people... You know, don't don't survive that kind of childhood, <laughs> and no. and and they and they may not turn out as positive and and loving and resilient as as you have. Can can you share just a little bit about your challenges as a child, and sure. maybe maybe how you push through that? Well, you know, first of all, I want to I want to put my disclaimer out there, disclosure to your to your listeners is, you know, anything and everything I'm about to tell you is as honest as I can be, and that I'm not looking for oh I'm sorry or any kind of pity. I want you to know that no matter what disability has happened or what shortcoming has happened in my life, 
I look at it as a moment to, to rise and shine, not to fall and cry. So I want you to keep this in mind as, as I kind of tell you my story and tell you some of the things that I've gone through. But I, I was trying to write a book for over 10 years called The Lies We Tell Ourselves. And it, it really was a book about, about discovery and about, and about the things I'd gone through in life. And I'd went through my whole entire childhood. My, father, my mother had to leave my father at about five and a half years old. And he was not a good man, and he ended up being even worse. But that set me on a course for, you know, living that single mother life. You know, I was a latchkey kid. We were poor. I grew up in southeast Los Angeles. My father eventually was convicted of murdering a woman that he married. You know, and and I had all these problems, and, and it was really perfect for me at the time because every time I got in trouble, I used to say, well, you know, if my father hadn't done this or my father hadn't done that, you know, I was very, very quick to point that out. When I, when I tried writing that, the first book, I, I must have started and stopped 50 times. And like a lot of people do when it comes to writing books. But, you know, it was less a permission problem, even though I had to give myself permission to write. But it was more of a, I had all these great morals of the story, but I had the worst hang up in the world. And that is, my problems were all because of my father. But one day I sat down and I looked around while I was going through something else miserable. And I realized that he hadn't been around since I was six years old. So how much can I blame on him when he's not even around? And that really blew me away. And that really, it, from that point on, it took me about six months to finish that book, if that. And so I tell you that because we all have hangups in life. We all have these things that kind of get us to where we're going. I mean, when I tell you I ran the streets, ran the streets of Southeast Los Angeles, I wasn't homeless, but I might as well have been. My mom worked two jobs, God bless her, you know, her soul. And uh, my brother hid out in the room and I went out in the world. And that got me a lot of really hard bumps and bruises and concussions and stitches and all kinds of things. But, and, and you know, we, unfortunately only had 50 minutes, but, or an hour, but I could go on for hours and tell you all the phenomenal lessons that I learned along the way. So, you know, just, just keep in mind, I, I have this great background, but one of my secrets is I create a lot of volume. And what I mean by that is, you know, the more you get out there and mix things up, the more life's going to teach you. And that's just kind of where I started as a, as a child in my, in my youth. And that's where I, was con I have continued as an adult. You know, I just think life is a great teacher. I hope that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And, and I just I so admire you. You um, are, are such a, a strong person. And as you, as you went through this, and you've, you've written, well, how many books? Two, three? Um, no, I'm sorry, actually 22. 22 books. Okay. Yes. All right, y'all. 22 books. Um, two of which are The Lies We Tell Ourselves. And one yep. of them is how to think our way to thin. <laughs> yes. But, but you um, were in the armed forces, so you're a veteran. And then you became a, a builder, a um, contractor, and were extremely yep. successful. And so, I mean, you, you rose from the ashes and you pulled yourself together and you're incredibly resilient. And... Uh, I mean, and just the way you were talking about how you handled your your business is just so admirable. I mean, you just wouldn't allow your 
your employees or the people that contracted with you to be anything but their best self on the job. And you just, you have this high standard. And, you know, as we all struggle with different challenges in our lives, you know, can you share with us a few key points that can maybe help us, um, you know, rise to the occasion and pull ourselves up from, you know, wherever we are at the moment. And, you know, so many people have been challenged this last year with being imposed on by, by, um, I would I call them corrupt government officials who are imposing medical terrorism and and various situations on us. So we are all struggling in our own way of pulling ourselves up and trying to be strong and resilient. And I mean, if anybody can share uh, a, a an inspirational story with us, it, it would be you. Sure, could and share I, that I appreciate you with saying us. that. That'd be great. Sure. There's so much. And so, you know, I, I try to focus on, you know, for, for me, it's, I get accused a lot of times of, of people saying, well, Robert, you make that sound so simple, but it can't be. And I always have to ask them the same question back. Why not? You know, life's complicated. Don't get me wrong. We all know we've lived through COVID. We're still living through COVID. You know, there's the good, the bad, the, you know, all the things that go with it. Life's complicated. So my thought is, you know, why give more to myself? Why be more complicated in, in my doings? When I'm, when I'm trying to attack a situation that's gotten me down, and I always tell people, I don't care if you were in a bad car accident, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but, you know, if you were raped, if you were, you know, thrown in jail because you did something, you know, you didn't do something, but you were wrongfully convicted. It doesn't matter what it is. Here's something that's so important that has to come next. Now what? I mean, you'd literally have to say, you know, I've been beaten, but now I need to get up and I need to rise and I have to go and I have to do this or that. You know, you could lay there and you could cry and you can curl up into a fetal position and probably most people around you won't, won't do much. They'll feel bad for you. And it's not that I don't. I have a lot of empathy and sympathy for people and I know what's out there because I've lived it. But I can tell you that the, the, the secret ingredient is really not that secret all the time for me. It's you've got to get up and you have to move. And the longer you lay there, the longer you're going to wallow in self-pity and you're going to give your, an ex, yourself an excuse to lay there. And so that's why the lies we tell ourselves. Because it's not me lying to you that's hard. It's you lying to you that's hard. And that's, you know, it's one of the most dangerous things in the world to do because whatever you say, I believe. You know, if you say you're not feeling well, I believe you don't feel well. If, if you say you're not smart, I, I got to believe you're not smart. I can tell you that you're wrong, but that's not going to change things. Also, I think what guides me a lot, especially, you know, I shine when things are good, but I'm phenomenal when things are bad. Maybe not at first, but I sit there and I pick it apart and I ask high gain questions and I kind of just keep tweaking, keep tweaking. I keep asking, I keep dissecting, and I keep understanding, researching, doing whatever I have to do. And, you know, put it politely, my mom used to say, you know, you're the only one I know goes into a bad situation and comes out, you know, smelling and looking like gold. And I think that's all it ever has been since I've, I've been a child. I've been through enough heartache. I've been through enough pain that I know how to get to the other side of things. And 
I know right now you might be going through something really bad and you think this is going to break me. This is going to kill me. This is going to this, this is going to that. But I promise you from the bottom of my heart to every promise I could ever give you, if you'll learn from what's going on, you'll rise twice as strong. I'll give you an example of, of how to look at things. One day when I was about 12 years old, well, I grew up, like I said, in Southeast Los Angeles. We lived in an apartment, and you could see from the school from our back window. And so, like many days, I was running as fast as I could as I was being chased by six, uh, by six kids, all bigger than me. I was in second grade. They were all, like, in fourth and fifth and sixth. And they were kind of that neighborhood pack, you know, and I was, I was the outsider, and so I ran and, you know, that's how I became pretty fast. I'm probably good at sports. I was always running, right? But I ran all the way upstairs and into my apartment, but I didn't realize my, my father had been, my stepfather had been watching out the window, saw this whole thing unfold, and he'd seen it time and time again. Now, you know, my, my father had a way of doing things. <laughs> Something I can tell you, my stepdad. You know, today I still laugh at him. You know, he's he's kind of crazy at times, but... He tells me, come on, we're going to go downstairs and we're going to, we're going to fix this. And so, you know, my adolescent not thinking well self said, oh, good, finally, he's going to go down there. He's going to take these guys and run them into the dirt, right? Because they've been doing it to me for, for months, maybe years at this point. So we go downstairs and they're still out there circling the place looking for me. And they finally see my father and I walking out of the bottom of the back door and my dad starts pointing to this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. And there was, like I said, there was five or six kids. And they said, well, what does that mean? Right. And I'm like, thinking, oh, boy, he's even got a pecking order. <laughs> and, you know, he said, first, he's going to start with you. And then he's going to start with you. And we're going to have a fair fight. It ain't going to be, you know, six on one. It's going to be one on one. And now I'm, I'm freaked out. I mean, I won't even give you all the side effects to it, but I was like, is he lost his mind? There's no way. I mean, the, the biggest kid's like in the seventh grade. He's like, I don't even know at this point. He's like five, eight. I think I'm five foot or five, two. I don't even know. And they didn't want nothing to do with it. Turned around on their bikes and got out of there quickly. Now, what you could say is, well, that's a horrible story. You know, why would you tell me that? That, that sounds horrible. And I'll tell you why I'm telling you that, because once I grew up and I looked at that picture better, you know, I started realizing that people do things sometimes they don't, they don't really mean to do. They just haven't been shown a different way. That's what you and I are here for on this earth. Sometimes, and it's tough being the sheriff, trust me. You know, I'm always in that position. I'm the one that always speaks up. I'm the one that always will step forward when everybody else was falling back. But it takes people like you and me that'll step forward and say, hey, but there's a better way of doing this than what you're doing. It's not right. You know, let me help you. And that's, you know, that's just a power that I have inside of me that I use and that I want to use. And I learned all that from that little stupid interaction of those kids trying to, trying to hurt me. And, you know, part of the story I haven't told you is, you know, by fifth grade, I had five concussions. I've been hit with everything you can think of, you know, but it's built me. It hasn't broken me. I promise you. Yeah, I had some very rambunctious, you know, challenging years as, as, a, as a young man, all the way into young adulthood. But I can't even begin to tell you how much of a Gibraltar rock I have on my back 
you know, that I can, I can reach any peak or any mountain because of all these things. And I've only, because I've been willing to get up and get moving again. And because I've been willing to learn from them. And failure is when you don't do anything. It's not when you strike out, you know, because you get another at bat and you deserve a second chance. And if you don't learn anything from this conversation with me, I want you to remember that. Wow, that's uh, a really incredible story. And um, I, I do appreciate you sharing that with us. And, and something I've learned throughout the years is that it's usually the bullies and the big mean people who are really just frightened themselves. And they're just trying yep. to take advantage of somebody who they think they can take advantage of in order to make themselves feel better. And if you yeah. face them down frequently, they'll end up just buckling. And um, it's in Which they a, did that day. It's really quite, um, quite remarkable. As, as you went through more of your life with this incredible kind of resilience to you and fortitude, then you had this really successful um, company uh, as, a, as a contractor, and then you had an accident. And if, if you could share that accident with our listeners, I think this is really one of the most um, heart um heart-lifting story, how you took this accident and transformed your life with it. Sure. Well, growing up, you know, I wasn't a big comic book, comic book nerd. You know, I liked certain things, and Superman was something I used to call myself. I mean, if, if I could tell you some of the things I've done, you would absolutely think it was crazy, but... I jumped off a second story roof being chased. I mean, I've done all this stuff and, you know, I used to tell people I'd, you know, break my arm off today and it'd be back using it tomorrow. You know, I just was superhuman and I healed and I've played every sport there is. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure there's a few out there I haven't done, but growing up when your mom works two jobs and you're a latchkey child, I mean, you can do a lot of things, but I, I decided to hang out at the park. So my body's paid for it. You know, the big joke was at 42, you'd be in a wheelchair or in your forties. And I said, aha, sure. I'm Superman. So one day, uh, after I hadn't, you know, been working on the field for a while, I had someone, you know, to ask me to do a remodel for them on this, on this tri-level triplex they or tri-level that they owned, which is stairs that kind of go up stairs that go down. You kind of come in at a mid entry. And so my feet were kind of getting tired and I didn't know it because I hadn't been doing that kind of stuff. I was more of a, I was a businessman or an office administrator for, you know, for many years running my companies. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. I kind of felt like I was behind the computer too much. I was kind of hurting myself. So I thought, you know, it'd be good exercise. Get me out and about and get me moving. So what I do, I went out there, I did the work and I stepped on a nail and it went clear through my, my big toe. And so, you know, I said, ow, <laughs> I looked down, I uh, put a little spit on it, wrapped a bandaid on it and back to work. I went and about three days into it, I could barely walk. I was putting in a bathroom door in my own house and I can usually set bathroom doors in about a half hour and about 15 minutes later, I'd be cleaning up two hours into it. I was halfway done. And I finally said, you know, Hey, 
I got to go to the, go lay down and take a shower or something. I said, I feel horrible. I said, asked my kids, can you please just put away my stuff? You know, put away my tools for me in the garage. Sure, sure. We'll do that. So I went in my bedroom. I sat down on the floor because I was absolutely exhausted. I pulled off my sock and I thought my big toe was going to fall off. It looked like I had gangrene. Okay, it literally, I mean, it was nauseatingly bad. So I go to the hospital and what I didn't know was when I ended up in that emergency room that I was going to start on a seven and a half, eight year journey because what I had done was stepped on a dirty nail and it had infected my toe. And then it was starting to affect not only my flesh, but my bone that was on my left foot. So for, Oh, about four years, I battled it. I had a basically an air boot on my left, what they call an air cast or a boot on my left leg. And I was always leaning on my right leg all the time, trying to get the weight off that left leg. Cause in case you don't know it, foot wounds are, are, a, they're a very hard thing to heal because they're pressure wounds. And in my case, because of all the sports, I'd broken my big toe so many times it actually sat, it sits downhill. Like I'm pushing on the gas pedal. And so it went back and forth. It went back and forth. I ended up losing two smaller toes on my left foot and the outside of my left foot. Not a lot, but enough. And so I thought, well, if that's all there is, you know, that'll be fine. But one night I prayed and I said, you know, you know, dear God, if, if things get worse and they want to take a limb off me more than some toes, you know, I'm coming home. I'm not doing it. Because if you're like me, you know, you probably see people with prosthetics either an arm or a leg and you don't mean to, but you probably think that's weird or, Oh, or how does he live? Or, Oh my gosh, how does she even live with herself? You know, that's okay. I had those thoughts too. And I never wanted to make mention of it. I didn't want to look at it. I didn't, you know, I wanted to ignore it. I wanted to do that too. So why am I telling you this? Well, we moved and instead of just letting the movers do all the work, I tried helping out. And by the time the day was over, I now had a hole in my right foot because it had taken so much abuse from having this cast on my left foot. It started causing me trouble. And everything you can think of came with this. Bodily odors, constantly doing wound care, going to the doctors. I mean, at one point I was going to like five to eight doctors a week. And I did that for years. I mean, just nauseating from, you know, neurologists on down the line. And then... About a year and a half ago, I'm still fighting. And there's so much in between there. But just know that I have fought the good fight. If you haven't learned anything yet, just know that. And so one night, I was watching TV. I thought one day I thought I was relaxing, getting better. And next thing you know, I'm in an ambulance going somewhere. I, I didn't even know what was going on. For I had what's called sepsis. The infection got so bad in my foot that it got infected. And sepsis, in case you don't know, it's poisoning of the blood, basically. And, it, and in fact, I think it's now moved up to like the number two or number one position of killers in the world. More people are dying from sepsis now than they ever have. And before I got taken to that hospital, about two, three weeks earlier of that, I told my wife, her name's Sally, and I said, I said, babe, I said, I've already prayed to God and, and I'm telling you right now, I don't know where this is going to go, but if I, if, if I lose a limb, just let me go. If they're going to try and take it off, I'm, I'm not doing it. 
I'm not going to be one of those people. And you might be saying right now, like, wow, I didn't see that coming. But you don't know until until you've gone through it. So I woke up about a week and a half later. Probably took me two and a half to three weeks later just to get my senses back because the sepsis was so bad, I probably was minutes away from dying to hours. I don't even know. And it took her, in fact, an extra 12 hours because she was so afraid to let them take my leg because of the way I would react when I woke up. So I'm going to fast forward for you and tell you what happened. I woke up and I was missing the bottom part of my right leg. And I thank God that I felt so good. And I know it just seems crazy. Like, how could you say that? I don't think that you understand what I, if, I, if you're still asking that, I haven't done a good enough job to explain to you how much I endured over that time period of seven years. How many doctor's appointments, how many times the wound care a day that I went through and the smells from it, the, the this, the that, the money spent, the, the money lost because I can't work. I mean, there's all these things that went on. And I didn't even, I, I don't know if I didn't realize I lost my leg, but I didn't care. And when I was coherent enough and my wife and I could talk, she was crying and bawling because she was so worried about what I was going to do. I just said to her, you know what, you're my hero. Because I'm not sure I could have made that call for you, but I thank you. And so from that time, you know, I was there for a while. And then I went to rehab. I had a lot of time and, and I believe in reflecting, going inward and really meditating and, and understanding and, and trying to figure out what it is you really want. And I sat right there and, and up to that point, I've always shared on Facebook and I've always been really open about my, my journey. Cause I realized if I got to go through this, I might as well help at least one person. And truthfully, I can't tell you how many people write me and call me all the time and just are in tears thanking me that, you know, I gave them strength when they didn't have it. But for me, I was like starting on another new journey. And that is, how was I now going to act with this? People always see me as the big, strong Robert Kintai. I'm 6'3", about 225 pounds. You know, I've always been strong. That's why I called myself Superman. At one point, I could pick up a car practically. But here I am now. I'm wounded, right? But you know what? I have found the greatest strength in losing this leg. I can't tell you how how much that if you just look at those six guys and my father and me, and you understand that story, we all have choices. I chose and I choose every day to make positive what's going on with this leg. Am I at Disneyland all the time? No. You know, until now life has been very restrictive on me, but you know what I learned? That was my choice. When I started pushing, I started getting what I needed. But more importantly, what I've been doing is I've been giving people hope. Because if I can go through this and I can go through the beatings and I can go through the father who's been thrown in jail and if I can do this and I can do that, if I can live poor, you know, what else can I do? And that's kind of how I look at it. And you can do it too. But don't say poor me about my leg. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm twice the Superman that I've ever been. Thanks to my leg and thanks to my wife and thanks to God. That's a true story. That's so inspirational. And, and you know, I, I think of it as um, really we're all here like spiritual beings in these skin suits. And where our souls chose, I believe, 
that our souls chose to be here at this time, at this challenging time in history, and 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 that our our soul is working through things, whatever we're confronted with or, or facing, in order to grow to be a better soul, to be closer to our divine creator. And so, you know, we're faced with challenges and and they're all relevant. I don't know a single person in, that I've ever met that hasn't had some kind of challenge in their life, even though other people may look at them and think, oh, they don't have anything to worry about. But if you if you really knew, be further from the truth. <laughs> if you yeah. really knew, they'd be struggling with something that they that they're not letting you know about. Your story Correct. about wanting to drive <laughs> was was so good. And I would love for you to share how you wanted to drive after this operation and 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 what happened to be independent in your car. <laughs> sure. So, you know, I have a Ford F-150, it's lightning blue. I'm not very materialistic on one hand, but I like nice things, but I love my truck and I got it brand new in, in the end of 2017. And so I told you I lost the bottom part of my right leg. Well, if you stop to think about it, how, how does he drive? You know, gas pedals on the right, use your right for your brake, you know, boom. And so, of course, for the longest time, you know, and, and I'll give you a backstory real quick. A lot of people don't realize that you don't lose your leg and get a prosthetic or a prosthesis tomorrow. It takes months. Okay. So even before I could drive, I couldn't drive because my leg had to heal. You know, I, had to, I was in a manual wheelchair. I was very, I was in a rough place for many reasons. You don't usually have an infection and have something major like I have without gaining a few other things. So I had all these things going on. I'm trying to recover. I'm trying to rehab. I'm doing all these things. But it gets to the point where now I've got a, a prosthesis. I've got my first leg. And I'm excited, but I'm confused. And so I started looking around. And, and forgive me because I have not. I should have had his information. But I was looking around on YouTube because I needed inspiration for myself. Sometimes the coach needs a coach, right? So I looked on YouTube and I looked through things, and I did Google and this and that, and I came across this gentleman, thank goodness, thank God, because he brought an angel to me when I needed it. Because I had all kinds of thoughts what I was going to do to this brand new $56,000 truck. I was going to modify it to where it was going to be useful, useless, useful to me in the short run, but it's going to be useless in the, in the long run because, one, you know, once you do this to a vehicle, nobody, no one can just drive it you have to get licensed to be able to drive this. And I'll tell you about that in a minute, but I found this gentleman on YouTube and here's what he said. And it was like, it was a blessing and an eye opener, like in two seconds, he says, so if you're like me, you may right now want to go out and modify your whole life. He said, you know, the problem with that is, is that once you start modifying, you'll never stop modifying and life becomes extremely complicated. This was coming from above the knee, double amputee, driving his car, having the best time of his life. I was going to put paddles on my truck, what they call paddles, so, you, so I could drive with just my fingers, not my feet. You know, I was going to do this. I was going to do that until I watched this video. I was going to modify the whole house to be, you know, handicap approved and perfect. And 
And it's not that I don't try to make accommodations, especially if you see my walls at times that I'm constantly fixing, but from my chair, but he, it taught me something so important that I'll live with it the rest of my life. And now I'll pass on to you because you may have both feet, you may have both legs, you may have both arms. You may have everything you need right now, but maybe, you know, your self-worth isn't there. Maybe someone's beating you down. Maybe something this has gone on. Maybe you've been raved to God forbid, or maybe, you know, you've lost your home. You could adapt your life if you wanted to. You could put paddles on your life. But just like he said, I'm going to tell you the same thing. You start, you will never stop. You start adapting so things are easier in that way. They won't get easier. They'll get tougher. For me, it was a no-brainer. Today, you know, so what I had to do is this. You know, I had to rip off the Band-Aid quick. I got in the car, went to go to the store on my own. My wife thought I was crazy, right? And I got in that truck. And luckily, all my training, I grew up learning to drive in, in Los Angeles. That truck drove, and I drove it beautifully. Now, it's not the same on one hand. I mean, I don't have an ankle that can bend. So it's a different, you know, different type of, of operating, but I feel it. The whole thing's just by feel. No, I haven't hit anybody yet. No, I haven't gotten into an accident. I haven't even come close. But I, I can't be lazy when I get in a truck now. That's the only difference. You know, we all know some days we get in vehicles, we're a little lazy and we're not as, you know, pay attention as much as we should. But for the most part, I have to pay attention more now than I ever have because it's, it's more work. So, yeah, don't, don't, don't start adapting because you'll be sorry that you do. And I know you understand this, Nancy. I do. And I've, I've had quite a few challenges in my life and um, more, more than I wish I had, but but you're right. I mean, you you either choose to push through it and make the most of it and find the good in it and 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 hopefully overcome it and and be okay on the other side or you let it defeat you. And you know, I've struggled with that through various things in my life as well and there were times when yeah, I you know, had to scrape myself up off the floor and, yeah. you know, push myself to get up every morning and put one foot in front of the other. And, you know, it, it has brought me to where I am today. And, um, and I so appreciate your story because I think so many people struggle with disabilities of, of all types and not, not, not just, yeah. not just physical, but, you know, all kinds of them and we all need that that inspirational message to help us um you know you said that, you know the teacher needs a teacher well you know i've done the same thing i've looked for that inspirational message when i needed it and you know it's like i mentioned greg braden earlier when i was saying my prayer you know i find him as an inspirational message um sure. and and he's somebody I've I've gone and seen, and and he studies heart math, and and something he he says is that we actually have brain cells in our heart, and that we feel and we think with our brain, and you're Superman, <laughs> I know that, yes. <laughs> and. <laughs> and um, and so at, we're coming to the close of the show. I mean, it's gone so so quickly, Robert. But I would love yeah. for you to um, 
share, um, well, first I want to say that um, share your contact information for people uh, so that they can get a hold of you if, if they want to. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the easiest way is, you know, I give you my email, which is Robert at, that's R-O-B-E-R-T at truth, T-R-U-T-H, mastery, M-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. You can also find uh, find me on Facebook, com forward slash truth mastery. And, uh, you know, you can email me, call me. There's, there's multiple ways on there to get all of me. But uh, it has gone too fast, I will say that. I, I would like to, in parting, though, before we kind of conclude and get to the end, I, I want to say something that I, if this, you know, doesn't help you, I don't know what will. And I know I had to learn it, and I know it's changed my life, and I know it can change yours as well. I know that we go through these, these tough times. Some people go through worse. Some people go through better. Some people, you know, they're vanilla most of the way through, and that's fine. You know, some people are, they are blessed and, you know, they get through, you know, with less, less scars and scars don't though. And I know when things are traumatic, cause I've had a few of my own, you want to forget about them. I mean, and trust me, I've done it a few times, but here's the shame in that no matter what it is. And it might've been embarrassing at the time. It might've been stupid. It might've been a lot of things. I don't care what you say. There's nothing that you did wrong that you don't deserve a second chance for. But even bigger is everything you've gone through in life, those pieces make up a picture of a puzzle of you. And if you try to erase those, if you try to forget those, then all you're becoming is less of a person. The people that I touch, the people that I help, the people that I'm around, you know, there's not a lot of woe is me. You know, imparting my other, you know, my little nugget to you on that before we get into some other stuff is if you ever get a chance to look up somebody and you're looking for some real, real motivation, because I'm, I'm Superman and I'm good, but this guy is phenomenal. His name is David Goggins. Again, YouTube him. G-O-G-G-I-N-S. He's been a Navy SEAL. He's been a, been a Green Beret. The guy, he's done three special forces and it has been amazing. So... I'm a lot like him. And what you'll learn from if you look him up is don't, don't look for us to, to say poor baby and woe is me. You know, get up, get moving, collect those pieces. They're, they're not badges of shame. They're badges of honor. You know, it's, it's what you had to go through. It's what you had to do to become. And real quick, you know, I, I watched this uh, thing with, with uh, Tony Robbins once. And it's a little bit of a long story, so I'm going to quickly paraphrase. The woman, the, he was at a seminar. They were talking about spouses and getting people to work together and understanding it's a partnership and all these things. And a woman comes up to Tony and starts bawling about, woe is me, my life is so bad, my husband, my this, my that. And Tony out of nowhere sat there and listened for a while, and he, and he splashed water in the woman's face. She froze, and she panicked, and she looked at, at Tony. And so she kind of just went right back into where she was at and he did it again and again. And finally she just starts busting up laughing. She doesn't understand why are you throw water at me? Ha 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 ha. But, but Tony knows what I know. If you break that pattern, it's amazing what that woman can become or that person. So that's, that's what I have for you. 
I love that. And I'm so glad you ended with that story because that that is something that is so hard sometimes for people to recognize is they want to have a pity party and they want to share their their problems with everybody and they want everybody to, to pat them on the back and go, oh, I'm so sorry. But yet when you can change that pattern and and like he was giving her a negative response to her wanting to ha- him to join her in his pity party, in her pity yep. party. And so she was getting, you know, so that can literally switch you from your that old pattern of of being on that path of always complaining and always being f- sorry for yourself. And in what I've learned, Robert, and I know you've learned this too, is we have a choice on how we react to things. And that is where our strength lies. Amen. And gosh, we've we've come to the end of the show and I just I just wanna to thank you so much for joining joining me and my listeners and we are so grateful for you sharing your story and your courageous life with us and um I hope you'll join me again sometime and share some more of your pearls of brilliance. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's definitely been my pleasure, Nancy. Thank you so much. And, and um, Robert and I just want to thank all of you for joining us. We know that your time is valuable and we are honored that, that you're sharing this time with us today. And um, I, I just want to say that, you know, uh, we challenge you. <laughs> Look at some of the patterns in your life and see which ones may not be serving you in the best way possible and try to, you know, change the way you react to that and face those challenges with with strength and resilience and and know that God is in every cell in your body. Uh, every strain of your DNA is powerful and you your body's a temple. So honor it in whatever shape or form it's in and respect yourself and treat yourself with the dignity that that God would want you to treat yourself with. And um, as we come to the end of the show, I just want to say that I'm Nancy Addison, your host, and my website is organichealthylife.com. And uh, Robert's books are called The Lies We Tell Ourselves, and another one, he's written 22, but um, his his last name, you spell it K-I-N-T-I-G-H, Kintai, Robert Kintai. And you can find his books on Amazon. And uh, I just want all of y'all to know how much I love you. And every one of you makes the world a better place. And I'm grateful that you're here and part of my organic, healthy lifestyle family. And I do believe that how we do anything is how we do everything. So as you go through your life and you connect with those around you, just remember to add that main ingredient. And that main ingredient is always love. Love. 